welcome everyone to your Ms. Marvel podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and join me to my right is the man who needs no introduction. It's Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here today to talk season one of Ms. Marvel. Making our way around the horn before we dive on into that, uh, San Diego Comic-Con unfolding uh, afar from us, Pete, uh, this weekend. Uh, look forward to discussing some of the uh, news coming out of it. Um, and as we record this, still the potential for a lot of Marvel and Star Trek news to be dropped. However, the animation panel yesterday did get some good, uh, some good reactions there. Yes, Matt. Ms. Marvel will return in Marvel Zombies. Which is, um, I, I feel like, Pete, that's not necessarily the what-if spinoff I would have ordered if I was Kevin Feige, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a really interesting take, particularly since with the whole zombie conceit, whether you're going to do self-contained episodes or a season-long arc, you kind of get to burn it all down at the end or you get to you know you don't need to be precious with any of it since it is a animated and b kind of a what if even though it's not under the what if banner so uh banner so that's um that, that that's a fun destination and just to be clear uh kamala khan will be a hero not a zombie she joins yelena belova kate bishop jimmy woo Seems like magic Jimmy Woo, um, Shang-Chi, Death Dealer, and Red Guardian as uh, our living uh, protagonists there. So I think it'll be really fun. Um, you had uh, gifted me uh, that run in the comics for Christmas, and I've been checking it out. I had to uh, suspend a little disbelief when they started talking. I really love the, the what if episode and that they stick to quote unquote traditional zombie tropes and that the zombies don't speak, although they break them that the zombies have the powers. But I think that that's a uniquely superhero aspect. And why would you want to watch superhero characters get zombified if they didn't get their powers. But uh, I'm interested to see how that translates to the show here. It's going to be TVMA as well. Uh, well, Pete, this uh, this a weekend as well where uh, Disney Plus has gotten the R-rated trio of Deadpool, Deadpool 2, and Logan – uh, so I guess, uh, Pete, I can see the future uh, when Comcast untangles itself from Hulu in a couple of years. Uh, I, I bet you Hulu becomes a tile on Disney Plus and all this stuff for, you know, sign in for TVMA or sign in for R-rated on Disney Plus. Like that that is the future along with, wait, Pete, more message from the future uh, that Hulu tile will bring with it a, you know, a fairly decent price increase. Uh, but them's the breaks. <laughs> so tells me from the future. I mean, it it is what it is. But that they're able to do this on the animated end, that's going to give us a little bit more Kamala Khan. Uh, you know, when will it be timed in around the Marvels? Get your, your little bit more uh, there. 
I think still value added. Pete, while we're talking R-rated things, I'll just mention solely over on our Marvel movie podcast feed, so not simulcast on the Pop Culture podcast feed, uh, we are releasing this weekend rerun episodes of our reviews of Deadpool that came out yesterday, Deadpool 2 coming out today, and Logan tomorrow. Uh, Didn't want to clog the Pop Culture podcast feed with the old stuff along with us talking this and some other stuff tomorrow, but uh, anybody who's interested in going back in time to the oldie fashioned 2016 when deadpool one came out and catch that on the marvel movie podcast by fantastic geek big thanks to our patreon.com contributors for making all that possible yes that that back catalog helped uh being preserved by their efforts and contributions and so forth but pete let's dial squarely into ms marvel here a really uplifting and wonderful six episode run I don't get why people uh, aren't watching this show. Uh, I loved every minute of it. Um, Given the mutant connection at the end, given uh, Brie Larson's cameo, I think that's brought more people to it. I think eventually it's going to become must-see stuff headed Uh, obviously with its importance for uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But uh, it's a mystery to me, Matt. I mean, I can speculate, of course, but uh, why more people uh, aren't, haven't watched this show. I think it's it's one of those things that, first of all, it, it strikes me the wisdom of Disney in terms of releasing this somewhat concurrently with Kenobi I think they knew that this was not going to be a primary driver of adult eyeballs in its initial run the way, you know, Disney Plus likes to have its, you know, at least one e-ticket level show out to be driving the conversation. Don't have Disney Plus. This is why you should get it. Do have Disney Plus. This is why you should click on it. Um, so I think they I think they knew and I don't think that uh, and again, just speculation here. I don't think that there's any disappointment in how the show has done uh if anything it's added in real time value to the back catalog of the future which is to say for people who may have passed on this because it's you know four teens uh or because you know whatever other reasons uh when the marvels comes out and you walk out of that theater going wow that was great i wish i could get more oh, wait, there is more on Disney+. Plus. It's more right now, and there's six episodes ready to go and so forth. Um, so I think it's just part of that, that, grand, that grand mouse tapestry. Yeah, and given how prevalent, you know, we mentioned before, um, you know, Ms. Marvel <clears throat> and Mon Valani, not only this show, The Marvels, coming to uh, Marvel Zombies, there's the cruise experience thing that her character has shown up. I mean, super prevalent in the MCU now. Um, so again, not that you need to partake given particularly all the streaming TV they've gotten into in the last 18 months, every single thing. Yeah. You can pick and choose like every single universe there is, but that each is a piece in the story moving forward you know, why it would be important to know her story as it unlocks mutants in the MCU. 
Yeah, and obviously each week for our for our episodic podcasts, we were discussing theories and so forth. I don't think we ever threw out as a theory, hey, she's going to be revealed as the first mutant. Um, I don't think that we saw this show as the starting point for something that we all really, really want and something that Marvel is, you know, is drawing out and keeping at arm's length, which is, you know, mutants and X-Men and Charles Xavier and Magneto and all of that stuff. Um, it's just really, it's really wonderful that a starting point for all of that, uh, certainly in terms of how the universe is unfolding and so forth, that a starting point is here and this show. And you look to in Iman Vellani and, you know, that we had this tremendous experience right as the show launched going to the Paley Center in New York City and seeing her and her co-star plays her mom in Zenobia Shroff. Um, you know, the first thing she's ever acted in, what you see is what you get on the screen. She, Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel, they are intertwined. It is who she is and you know, that they're building so significantly around her for the future. You know, this has all sorts of rumors coming out of, you know, Marvel and San Diego in particular of what Marvel Studios has copywritten for the next big thing. You know, you keep seeing these naysaying reports of phase four has no direction yet, you know, the multiverse the Kang stuff, are they building to a, a much bigger, more intertwined Secret Wars story? Uh, but this is a character and a performer that's going to be around for some time. Yeah, it's funny. For all of the discussion about how Phase 4 has no direction, anybody who complains about that, it then follows up like with what you're saying, Pete. Is the direction from this one show that I need to have seen? Is it this other show that I need to have seen? Is it from this movie that I need to have seen? Like, clearly, we are, we, the MCU, that the fridge is being restocked here. And it's a feature, not a bug, that we don't have a clear direction as of yet. And we're supposed to be having these discussions. And, and it, you know, it's almost like Fiji, in the best sense, has, has turned our discussions against us in that we're you know there there is all this speculation and there is this feeling that from anywhere particularly on the heels of you know the 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 mar the mutant reveal at the sixth episode of this series like who knows where other clues may have been that we missed the other clues that may reveal themselves as we watch and so forth um and and also as you say pete the notion that amon Vellani is going to be around with this character for a long time it on the one hand somewhat goes against the more recent mcu plan of shorter contracts with more flexibility and all that but clearly they've gotten someone who's going to command maybe a couple less dollars versus a couple more somebody who's at the beginning of her career somebody who's not going to be you know jaded like oh because of the schedule for my third or fourth marvel movie i had to pass on the small stage thing on the West end in London, you know, it, it's all kind of, it's all the energy that she has is the energy that Marvel wants and so forth. And, uh, you know, we're clearly going to be with her as we build towards the, the grand future that's ahead of us. She's just so perfectly cast. And 
I look at this finale in No Normal, and to me, in terms of the beats that it hits and everything that it does, I think it's the most complete finale of any of the Marvel Studios shows through Disney+. Plus. Which is something that I appreciate, and I've said it before, I think increasingly across the podcasts, um, particularly Marvel, but I think Star Wars, Star Trek really doesn't do this, but just the notion of like, and the end, except for the adventure continues with a bunch of interesting stuff that you're not going to learn about for the next two to three to four years. I personally am tiring of that story um, technique. I'm tiring of it a little bit, and maybe that's just me, I don't know, but the notion that we get, of course, on the one hand, this super open-ended, like, mutants are here. Um, and yes, there's the post-credit scene. But I think that, you know, post-credit scenes exist in the place where you understand the story is over. And now you're getting you're getting uh, an appetizer for the next time, not more from this time. Um, but you're right. We get, we get the end. We get the family has come together. She's... Uh, she's shared with them the existence of her powers. Her friends are in a good place. Um, and, and all of that, the threat of the season has been dealt with and is over. And it's nice having just a complete end to a season. I think like all of the shows, we obviously have the pandemic footprint on that, particularly in the way that it's not unusual to shoot out a sequence but that they did their fourth and fifth episodes shot in Thailand, standing in for Pakistan um, and India set in the 1940s, you know, super ambitious, even with what Marvel studios with what they've done in film and now streaming uh, have offered. I, personally still don't completely understand the need to go to thailand filming was started uh in march late march 2021 and they were there until early may 2021 i kind of don't get the value added of such a lengthy shoot in thailand now maybe that's just a cultural ignorance on my part and perhaps those better informed will say you know, here's how shooting in Thailand brought um, brought Pakistan and Karachi in particular brought that to life on on the screen. Um, and indeed, they had a big waiver from the Thai government to be able to film. And there were even more strict COVID uh, restrictions right when filming was about to begin or during filming. And still they were allowed to film a lot. So maybe that's part of the, the length and the cost and so forth. But those two episodes um, where the show is in uh, Pakistan, they are lush, they are vibrant, they are beautiful. And this is clearly not a show that's holding back on a production end. I would say conversely, nor is it trying to do some sort of, um, I don't know, some sort of grand tour. I mean, Pete, I, I think I, I, I will favorably mention game of thrones here where filming throughout europe you know the the spanish desert versus uh you know versus eastern europe and the mountains in uh, scandinavia and so forth that was required for game of thrones and for that sprawling series yes we did some sprawling to thailand for ms marvel for the rest of those episodes it certainly felt 
in a very satisfying way, home-based, you know, I know it's not real New Jersey, but kind of new, you know, the story New Jersey based. And it felt like it felt like it had this secure foundation. This generational story that they tell across Jersey City and then into Pakistan and, you know, marrying it all together. Uh, at the outset, you're kind of like, how's it going to play out? I'm not quite sure. And then bringing in the Noor dimension and the clandestines and then the red daggers and all that. Um, it really was comprehensively done. I mean, I look back at this, uh, you know, compared to a lot of the other series and to just see a, a domino type of transparency with the plot in retrospect, like, all right, there it is the whole time. I would add to that. And, and I know obviously uh, major components of these six episodes take, you know, take cue from uh, the comics, but <laughs> But that said, obviously you can diverge from the comics anytime you need to, if that's if that's what's best for the story. The notion that for all six episodes, Kamala has a whole and functioning family. That mm -hmm. one of the oldest of of comic book tropes, uh, in fact, if not the oldest, I'm thinking back to Superman at the start of of you know superheroes and comics. Like the notion of the dead family, and you are on your own, and here with a thousand faces and how to grow up, you must leave your childhood behind. And, and narratively, the great way to do that is to kill off your family and so forth. And instead to say, because uh, quite frankly, that would be super easy for her to have her, you know, there's nothing left for me here. I will go with you to Alderaan. Like she could have had that moment and we would have been like, whoa, now she really must embrace the mantle of being a hero to help other people or lean into the notion that you can get get uh, morals and advice from your family and for her at the beginning of the sixth episode to, to be reminding uh, back to her father that, that, you know, she's always been taught to help people in need and for that to be something that is reinforced through family, not kind of caused due to a lack of family. It's a welcome breath of fresh air for comic book TV shows and movies. It really is to, to look at the support system and how complete, and stable it is and for an underserved for a number of underserved communities here represented in the show I, I think that's the best decision they could have made rather than a, a brooding type of existence and again they're being you know uh faithful to the comics in terms of doing that um but I think it translated excellently across the screen. You know, people have pointed to the mutant thing and the disclosure in the last week, like, well, we wanted to originally make her a mutant and we couldn't. So hey, you got to pick out of this, but all right, she's an inhuman. Um, and then we know how spectacularly poorly that was done. You know, first it was going to be a movie, Matt. Remember when Inhumans was on our movie slate and then, uh, hey, so, yeah, now that's going to be a TV show brought to us by the guy who did Iron Fist uh, and rushed through that one to do that. But now to do the first two episodes 
in movie theaters. Remember going to that, Matt, in August of 2017 with the four other people we were there with? Yeah, and kind of realizing, walking out of there going, oh, boy this is not good and we have six more episodes to go this is really not this is really not good and i think i think it was i think it was yeah you're right it was eight episodes yeah the i think the takeaway from thinking about the inhumans let's say the inhumans phase within the comics which you, you and i know less about i know we talked about last week uh and the the inhumans run in the mcu from movie to terrible tv show and so forth it's a reminder that for all of these comic stories, there's so much to pick from. And sometimes part of that adaptation process is not just kind of like, oh, let's make changes. Uh, let's make the inhuman a mutant now. But it's also figuring out what are the what are the inherent strengths of these characters and of these stories, maybe in spite of the writers or in spite of cultural changes or whatever it might be. And clearly, I mean, obviously the character of Ms. Marvel, uh, Kamala Khan, being newer than a lot of these characters, but clearly the foundations of family and community and things of that sort, that, that's what shines through. It will be interesting to see, you know, what happens when you take the Jersey City girl out of Jersey City. Uh, we'll <laughs> see that in, in the Marvels uh, next summer. Pete, we're almost at a point where it's a year away it's as of this date right now that we are recording it is one year and five days away um ooh, I, I, maybe we get a, a a teaser this weekend i don't know from san diego comic-con uh, time will tell um but all of this i is, is a long way to say i hope beyond hope that there is a ms marvel season two because i think there's something that is episodic and smaller scale than we spent $200 million on a movie, therefore we need the most razzle-dazzle, versus let's have that. Let's have that in the Marvels, then let's have her come back to her Disney Plus show where we can get more science hijinks with Bruno or more of a small but powerful subplot where Nakia is showing increasing leadership at the mosque and things of that sort. And I know they've talked about ideas for season two, but the precedent at this point is because we've only had it with Loki. We announce it as a series, as a season ends, or it's not been the case. Um, obviously, they have bigger plans for Kamala Khan, uh, and that's fine. What I find super interesting with the Marvels is we have zero idea as to where the film is set. Um, yes, the director of the Marvels, Nia DaCosta directed the, uh, you know, mid credit scene and it's set in Kamala's room. So it makes sense that they'll spend time in Jersey city. We have Monica Rambo last seen in Westview, New Jersey, uh, you know, fictional, of course, um, you know, is it, is it going to be set in New Jersey? I mean, it makes sense that we're going to get more of Kamala's family, given that she's there, given that bombs voice off screen in that scene. Um, you know, but I, I think it's, it's really, really fun to speculate, like 
what's going on there. I mean, Matt, with the word love and thunder, and if we don't get anything out of Black Panther Wakanda forever through this weekend with San Diego Comic-Con, uh, our window between promotion and the main event seems to be shrinking and that they swapped the dates on Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and the Marvels. Uh, also interesting given that Loki got the second season and that, uh, um, you know, he who remains got introduced there. Amidst all of that, wonderful mcu stew there i'm glad that you brought to the forefront that monica rambeau is in the marvels uh, i did know that but that had not been part of my you know, theorizing as we see kamala khan disappear and we see captain marvel appear uh at the end of the ms marvel series i think it's worth mentioning um since the last time we saw monica rambeau it was implied that she was intersecting with what will be the secret invasion show mm -hmm. and that's currently scheduled to premiere in 2023 don't know exactly what that means or uh, i know what that means i know that gives us a, a 12 month 52 week uh range there it does cross my mind do we get secret invasion before the marvels so that it's oh, like uh, undoubtedly th well th then like all the better than all the better than for the the notion that the marvels uh, just as um, Captain America Civil War was, what, what was the internal name? Avengers 2.5 or something like that? Yeah. It, it occurs to me the Marvels could be cooking up to be something like that if if it's kind of a culmination from Ms. Marvel, from Monica Rambeau's arc on WandaVision, the continuation from Captain Marvel number one, um, feeding off of Secret Invasion, you know, all these things... I know it was stated for kind of special effects reasons. Here's why Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and the Marvels have swapped. And maybe that's a completely legit answer. It does make me wonder if in the interim, you know, I think back, Pete, there, was, there were scenarios where Ms. Marvel came out towards the end of 2021. There was pre-COVID speculation, post-COVID speculation, and so forth. So if nothing else, here we are again saying... I don't know what the master plan is, but let's not forget that things really are interconnected. And the notion that we could have Kamala Khan in the Marvels interacting with characters from Secret Invasion like Nick Fury, Talos, Maria Hill, Everett Ross, Rhodey, and so forth. That's really, you know, that, that's a really, really exciting prospect for a character that had such a, a modest start in the first episode. And for her to be the every woman in that experience, you know, there was the notion through a, a tweet this week of like, oh, hey, you know, Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan, and it essentially, you know, oh, you love Spider-Man, but you don't like her. <laughs> right. I mean. I don't think anybody is complaining that the Ms. Marvel um, arc that we saw in these six episodes, that it borrows from the general Spider-Man arc of 
average everyday student dealing with student things, then bestowed upon powers, trying to keep them secret, trying to do the right thing, pressure on family, pressure on school, pressure on life. Um, there's a universality to that. And again, you can't, you can't be ever young watching any Spider-Man offering and then be too old for Ms. Marvel. No, not at all. And, you know, okay, different gender, different culture, as we observed before, how they choose to go about the, the family component. Um, but it's just so affirming and reassuring to see everything that's gone on with Kamala and then to open the mystery box of, okay, she has a mutation in her genes. And obviously we're going to do, we were always going to do mutants. I mean, the sideways irony, Matt, the two Deadpool movies and the, the best Wolverine movie are now available on your Disney Plus as of yesterday, I think can't be ignored. And it's funny, in, in going back, taking a walk down memory lane, um, Logan, which came out 2017, James Mangold, the writer-director, was working on a sequel uh, with a spoiler alert for a movie that came out, what is that, five years ago? Uh, it, it would have been a spinoff from the Laura character because yes. uh, of the end of the Logan movie. Um, and he was not just like, I'm working on that in my house. Like he had been tasked to start to work on it by uh, Pete, what used to be called 20th century Fox. Okay. And then when the deal got announced, it was put it on pause. And then when the deal went through, it was like, uh, yeah, any X-Men stuff, uh, deals are canceled. Thanks so much. Collect your paycheck. Adios. Um, just the point being, it's been that long, or I guess on the one hand, it was, it's, it's that recently that someone was working on continuing, mutant stories uh as recent as right prior to the purchase and then here it is everything on hold again pete we return to there's this speculation there's this want for what's the shape of phase four there's this want for x-men certainly there's a, a smaller want but a fervent one for fantastic four as well and i give credit to kevin feige and company for all of it saying we're gonna not get to that right now instead we're gonna give you really interesting characters with really interesting stories that you can both relate to and be dazzled by um, and, and and maybe even learn a couple things along the way uh, as we did with Ms. Marvel. Could Deadpool, could Wade Wilson and Kamala Khan share scenes together? I mean, I think eventually um, not, not having a sense of like, well, we know there must be a culmination for Pete, pardon me. What was one of the Avengers uh, copywritten things? One was Avengers Secret Wars. The other one was the Kang Dynasty. Kang Dynasty. Another one. Um, you the know, like multi-saga. If, if it was dated, like Avengers Kang Dynasty coming July 2026, then we can start to sit and say, okay, so therefore, uh, half part way to that is the Marvels. So maybe there's a Deadpool. Kamala Khan scene in the post credit, but it's nice having the great wide, you know, open. Uh, I think Pete, assuming the 
super healthy and evergreen Ryan Reynolds doesn't age out of playing Deadpool. Uh, and it kind of helps that you can always put a stunt guy in a mask and they could <laughs> look, there's Deadpool. Uh, see the Mandalorian and other examples. Um, yeah, I think that that would, that would be a wonderful, a wonderful moment where one of the most pure uh, and and G-rated characters in the MCU, <laughs> that of Kamala Khan, could cross paths with Deadpool. Bring it on! Well, we know that he can play both ends of that. You know, the the Yukio stuff in the sequel. Like, I I think you could have her in that type of conversation, and that now through her, you've opened that up. I mean, obviously, Sir Patrick Stewart's. Charles Xavier, it's a possibility. Are, are, are we going to go down that road, particularly given his age at this point? I mean, you'd hope certainly, but you know, she's she's part of the evolving. I like what you use the the restocking of you know the face of Marvel. Um, she was a brand unto herself prior to appearing in live action and, you know, so integral to this future now that she's been put into the, the mutant stock side of it and, and made the first one that we're aware of. Yeah. And again, that's where I'll just return to the notion that maybe through data analysis and logistics and whatnot. I'm sure Disney has a has a perspective of what the core Disney Plus user is, and that's probably an adult who likes a lot of the, you know, the retro stuff. You're, you know, like Kenobi, good. Uh, Boba Fett, good. Th- you know, things of that sort. Um, so I don't think the expectation was ever there for Ms. Marvel to be the show of the summer, but for it to be, frankly, much like the comic, a starting point that inspires a whole bunch of people and um, inspires people to go back and check it out again and again and again as as time goes on. Pete, with that, shall we take a look at what other people thought of this season of Ms. Marvel? Bring it on. So the question was, uh, how many gyros from the Joff's Halal food truck would you get to celebrate (laughs) this season? Um, Pete, kudos to, uh, I guess, whether it's Twitter or iOS or whatever. The fact that there's a a gyro emoji made it much easier to run this poll. So, Pete, okay, gyro, very delicious. Maybe for some people, reluctant eaters, a little exotic. So we start with the bottom vote here. Any chicken nuggets? That got 2.2%. Then we move to two gyros, not a bad snack, got 6.5%. Three gyros, very worth a path ride. Uh, Pete, that's your train connecting uh, northeastern New Jersey to the Manhattan area. 19.6%. And then four gyros, best in Jersey City. Got 71.7%. Some Twitter replies here. Captain Noel Gardner at Noel Camille says, I love a good gyro. I love this series. Kamala and her friends and family were great. Give me more Illuminantes. I can't wait for the Marvels. (laughs) And how her stories uh, story ties in with Carol's. I loved how they aligned Kamala's powers with her heritage and added a mutant twist. Uh, David Siller at Siller David Poet says it was a beautiful love letter to comics and comic fans and a wonderful gift to the fans of Ms. Marvel. 
Its focus on family, faith, and fun, and its relentless optimism made for a very special entry in the MCU. Can't wait for the Marvels, then a season two. Andre Yeager, Dr. Polo 1983, loved this series. Great story about family and presented a lot of background on Pakistan and the partition that I was not aware of. Can't wait uh, to see Kamal again in the Marvels and other endeavors. Cough, Young Avengers, cough. Uh, LMD Mary at Geek Kirk says, I'd get mine with some extra tzatziki sauce to match the flavor uh, this delightful <laughs> show gave me. I love every character we met. I love the arc we got. I love the future promise of the Marvels. I love introdu the introducing of these younger characters full of hope into the MCU. Next, uh, Spider-Ham Lincoln, Tess LC139. This was a great little series, nice and self-contained while having a strong connection to the greater MCU. Kamala is going places, literally and figuratively, and we are delightfully along for the ride. This series tells me that the Marvels is shaping up to be a gem. Next, Pete, uh, taking to Twitter after a string of thoughtful and reflective uh, emails uh, is Stingray, a.k.a. TrekGirl88. Uh, this was a near-perfect show for me. Uh, it had all the elements of a good superhero story, fun special effects and costumes, beautiful settings and music, and well-done fight scenes. But it also had the things I gravitate to most, good characters and themes of family and continuity. The show was all heart, and I loved it for that. Next up, Bob Keeley, or Keeley on Twitter. It was great. I'm working my way through all the Phase Four, all of Phase Four again right now. And it occurs to me that I might like the Disney Plus stuff even better than the Phase Four movies. Uh, next, Pete, we hear from Kevin Grogu's Brosif. That's at Loves Wars L U V S uh, Wars. I literally couldn't have loved this series more. The biggest and best surprise was Iman Vellani, perfect for the role. I also love the innovative graphics and song choices throughout. Next, Pete, we hear from Strange New Tweets. That's K-C-L-Y-L-E-1 on Twitter. Uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. I don't get the criticisms that it's only for younger audiences. Yes, it does skew younger, in my opinion. But it has all the elements of a good origin story. I love the humor elements. And it was a nice history lesson. I'd never heard of the partition. Uh, Bob Keeley replies and says, if it skews younger, then count me in. I'm only 67. Pete, Bob Keeley, uh, ever young at heart. Um, Stranger Tweet said, I'm 52 and I loved it. That age, uh, age is a mindset thing. I think some people just want to find something to complain about. And Bob replies that greed and the Uber fans are the worst. Almost nothing pleases them. They get upset about dumb stuff like the possible title, The Mutants. They seriously need to get a life. Yeah, Pete, some buzz. Um that the next Disney plus the next offering of the X-Men will be a show or a movie titled the mutants, not the X-Men or whatever. Really? That we're going to worry about the title. Right. Which has also been floating around for some time. It's not a new, uh, proposal. So whatever. And two, until it's official, can we all just calm down? Pete, the last tweet from Steve Thurbridge. That's at stevethurbridge.com. Best intro for a non-movie character. Best ensemble cast. Best character development slash action ratio. Also, I can't believe this is the first acting role for Iman Vellani. Wow. Uh, which Pete takes us back to where we started in that it's just a, a stunning debut from her. And uh, she's really fantastic. They nailed the casting in this instance you know you can see a lot of different people joining the marvel cinematic universe i mean look at how it's expanded so um 
but I, I can't imagine they saw anybody else who lights it up like she does. And, you know, I can't wait to see her alongside uh, Brie Larson to, to see what that brings out to, to think that we've seen her mad in person and she's, she's already made that movie. I mean, they're doing some, some reshoots, but you know, and, and we know nothing about it other than who's in it. Um, really, really excited for the future a, a year from now to be able to watch that film. Aman Vawani, indeed a bright light and helping keep our lights on are those who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek. Our thanks as always, particularly as you mentioned uh, towards the top of the podcast, Pete, as we're dipping back deep into that back catalog on the Marvel movie podcast feed for uh, Deadpool, Deadpool two and Logan, that back catalog helped kept secure by those who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek. Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content, all sorts of levels to choose from, but it takes just a dollar a month to get you behind that door. Can't contribute right now. Get yourself over to Apple Podcasts where you can leave a rating or review to any one of our 30, soon to be 31, 32 podcast feeds with She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, and Andor, both coming in August. Indeed, Pete, let's keep the conversation going, uh, whether it's for She-Hulk that we're going to be talking about in the near future, uh, whether it's some San Diego Comic-Con thoughts, uh, and or we'll be prepping up that podcast soon, as you said. How can people be in touch with you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,654 followers, can't be wrong. While I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do me in touch with the podcast comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek. All one word with the P and the H like it today. Pete, definitely looking forward to kicking off some She-Hulk attorney at law discussion in the very near future and Andor not far away from it. For now, though, the the Ms. Marvel feed on pause. Do want to mention that there is going to be the the behind-the-scenes Marvel Assembled coming out the beginning of next month, so I'm sure that we will sample that and in due course dust this feed off uh, in a couple of weeks to kind of give a comprehensive look at uh, at whatever they tell us about uh, the filming process there. Uh, but definitely, Pete, looking forward to Ms. Marvel news beyond that. And, uh, of course, the party always continuing on the Pop Culture Podcast feed. Uh, with that, I'm just come to say adios to all our listeners and give you, Pete, the final season one word. Talk to you soon.